Hello, everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murdoch Show and Podcast. So tonight, and I know you're probably looking at me like, hmm, tonight is not Thursday, it's Monday. Yes, we have a special edition show on tonight. So tonight we have some of the VIP speakers that are going to be speaking with us in relationship to the Build Wealth Seminar or conference that's going to be coming up in May. So I'm super excited to have some of the VIP speakers here tonight. And tonight we're going to be having a great conversation about building that million dollar mindset. And we know that everything that we do, it starts where? In the mind first. We got to make sure that we have our minds transitioned and ready to expound, to learn, to grow, and to just grasp onto everything that we can ever imagine. But it starts with the mind. So I'm excited to have our guests here tonight. So after our brief introduction, we're going to bring them on stage. They are experts in their own right and, and field and industry, and you're going to learn more about them. So you know what we do every night whether it's thursday monday tuesday whatever go ahead and make yourself comfortable grab your favorite drink sit back and enjoy the ride because you're finally at home at kiva's place so don't go anywhere family stay tuned welcome to kiva's place the kiva murdoch show and podcast we hope that by the end of our show you're left feeling empowered motivated and connected so come on in the room grab your favorite drink sit back and enjoy the ride because you're finally at home at Kiever's Place. Now give it up for our host and producer, Coach Kiever Lernice Murdoch. Welcome back to Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murdoch Show and Podcast. So my first guest that I'm going to bring to our virtual stage is Ms. J.J. Conway, who is actually the visionary leader for this Build Your Wealth Conference. So we're going to bring her empowerment coach. So she's definitely the woman that you want to talk about when we're talking about transitioning that mindset. So come on in the room, Ms. J.J., how are you? You're well, okay, so I'm a little embarrassed, but other than that, I am fantastic. Thank you so much for hosting us today. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to have you. Next, we're going to bring Dr. Shakisha Heilig. She is also a financial empowerment women's coach, and she is another power, powerful woman that you want to get to know when you're talking about changing that mindset. So come on in the room, Dr. Shakisha. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for giving me the opportunity to be here and share this platform with you. It's I'm super amazing. excited about this conversation. It's amazing to have you. Welcome, welcome again. Next, we have Miss Omu Obalar. And I hope I did not chop her name up. If so, she can definitely correct me. <laughs> She is another powerful woman when it comes to changing that mindset. And she is the woman for business. She comes all the way from Nigeria. And we are super excited, super excited to have her. So come on in the room, Omu. How are you? Very well, thank you. How 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 did I do? How did I do? You did well. You did okay. well. <laughs> 
Awesome, awesome. My name is Kiever Murdahl. So I completely understand when people chop up your name, but I just just thank you for being so gracious and working with me, child. Thank you. Thank you and welcome. Uh, and last but not least, we have a gentleman joining us tonight, Mr. Kevin Williams. He comes all the way from Canada, and he's definitely the man that you want to talk to, especially when you are talking about men, men being fathers, men being leaders within their home, men being not only within their home, but in their community, just touching and reaching lives all the way around him. So we are super excited to have him. So welcome, Mr. Kevin Williams. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm great. <laughs> excited to be here. This is this is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Listen, I'm so glad to have you on tonight. And we are talking about how do you build that million dollar mindset. But before we jump into that, I'm going to allow you guys a couple minutes to introduce yourself and just tell our audience a little bit more about you. So we're going to start with Miss JJ, our visionary leader. Thank you so much, Coach Kiever. I'm six. I am excited to be here. And you know, when I think about building wealth together, and especially this Women's Wealth Conference. It, it really speaks to my heart of why I do what I do, because, you know, I, I came home from a military trip to find my household, my stuff thrown out, divorce papers in my face. And when the dust settled, he went off being single and looking good with his young features and wavy hair and got all the college girls. And I learned how to be a single military mom with over eight hundred thousand dollars in debt. And I had to learn how to hustle. I had to learn how to make money work for me instead of just always working jobs after jobs after jobs. I was never going to pay off all that debt focused on poverty. And I had to shift my mindset. When I first tried to adapt to life with all of that going on, my mindset was on scrimping and saving. And I'm a big fan of scrimping and saving when you need to scrimp and save. And my mindset was on all the bills I couldn't pay. And I think we should be mindful of all the bills that we can't pay. Yet at the same time, I had to make a shift in my mindset if I was ever going to attack that debt and reach the goal that I reached today, which is to be a full-time mom and full-time entrepreneur. And so this mindset, this building your, your, your million-dollar mindset is so personal to me because it's the shift that I had to make to take charge of my life and create a new future than the, the statistical one that was laid out ahead of me for me and my son. Thank you amazing amazing and i'm super excited for this particular conference you got me fired up because i am a firm believer that everything starts with how we think right let me just calm down let me just slow down let me allow the introduction before we dive into this topic because you got me ready girl you got me ready not just akisha highlight <laughs> tell the people a little bit more about you now, Coach Kiva, you have me coming after JJ. Come on, that is so not fair. <laughs> you know you are born ready for this. Hi, everybody. But uh, I'm Dr. Sakisha Heilig. I'm a retired pharmacist, and I've just been passionate about helping couples to win. Uh, I work on the Marriage Can Win platform where we focus on three things. Building a healthy marriage while you're building that successful business, but building generational wealth for your family. Because like many couples, we got married and we only had our plan A. And then when things and when life happened and we found up wound up having to shift to plan B, we had to change our mindset. You know, we weren't expected that unexpected job loss. We weren't expected 
to have those financial and uh, physical challenges that would no longer allow us to work at that corporate America six-figure job. And we had to make that shift. But our goal is to help couples become more proactive in their finances and not necessarily reactive. We know life happens. So when if life has happened, we understand that. But for those couples that are just getting ready to get married or you're thinking about getting married, we want to help them develop that proactive mindset so that that way they can plan for their finances and they can kind of plan for things that may happen instead of figuring out, oh my gosh, what the heck happened? So <laughs> that's that's one of our platforms. Love it. I love it. Miss mm-hmm. Omu, tell our audience a little bit more about you. Hi, so my name is Omu Obilo. I am so glad to be here. I run Thrive with Omu and I am extremely passionate. More from my story, I I just could never wrap my head around people saying, oh, it's all in the mind. Because left to me, I was thinking about making money and I was thinking about being rich. So when you tell me, oh, it's because you're not thinking about it, I'm like, but I'm always thinking about making money. I, I didn't realize I was thinking more of the from the fear of being broke than from the fear of actually making money. So I was focusing my thoughts on the wrong things. And that applied to basically every other thing in my life. And I found out that even when we finally get the money and we're not able to balance every other thing, attached to our life, our spirituality, our relationships and all that. Money white doesn't answer all in that regards. So you still don't find the peace and happiness that you're looking for. So I learned, I worked on myself and it's an experience that I'm ever so excited to share with people. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. And last but not least, Mr. Kevin. Hey, I'm really excited to be here. As we've already heard, life is a crazy journey sometimes and we have no idea what's coming. Uh, But part of my journey is just that of persisting on in trying to reach my dream and the goals and the things that I had. And as Omi was just saying, (laughs) we're often told things like it's all in your mind and you just need to believe this or that. What I've come to at this point, to, to kind of make a long story short, I was frustrated so many times with people saying things like that, that I began to focus on, okay, that's all good to say that I need to think this or believe that. How do we actually change our mind? What does it take to actually change our mindset and our beliefs and our thinking and our feelings about things so that we can actually make the change? And it's not something that's usually um, spoken from the stage. Uh, but certainly, as all the coaches here would attest to, that's something that we can do in in, in relationship um, and one on one. But I'm hoping that we can also talk about a lot of that tonight. Is how do we actually create that mindset? What are some of the practical tips to do those things that we've heard for so long? People saying we have to do, but we nobody's actually taught us how. That's what I really love doing. Um, I've been focusing on doing that lately with fathers, um, although. As I keep spending time with JJ, <laughs> this is a lot like the first time that we met. <laughs> and, and I'm starting to think, man, maybe it's not men that I'm supposed to be working with. I keep, I keep getting called into conferences with women. So I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see where it all goes. But um, I've learned so much from my marriage relationship. And 
learning to relate better to my wife. And I've looked at how that relationship, I'll just talk about my part in that relationship, how my part in that relationship has really hindered our finances and our advancement. Um, and there's a lot of lessons to learn there. So looking forward to the evening and uh, a lot of fun tonight. So thank you. Awesome. And I have news for you, Mr. Kevin. The more you work with women, the better the men you work with will be because you will learn a lot when you are surrounded around women, especially strong women. So you will be able to better equip your men to, you know, either rise or handle or just, you know, live with strong women. So you are exactly where God. All right, you are where you are supposed to be. So with that being said, let's jump right into this. So I want to start with JJ first, because you are the visionary leader in regards to this conference. So I wanted to ask you before we we do exactly what Kevin just said, we are we are wanting to encourage people, but we want to leave them with a couple of good practical advice in how they can start to shift that mindset, right? I don't want y'all to give it all away, but I definitely want you to, um, you know, excite them and just kind of give them what to be looking forward to when it comes to this conference. But I want to ask you, what actually inspired you, JJ, to come up with such a conference? And I know your background about how you were left almost a million dollars in debt, let's be for real. So why is it so important for you to just use your story to you know, use it as a teaching platform to help elevate others? With this, this platform eight years ago, it, it was what helped me get out of that debt. Now, when I first got into debt, I had about 120 of that was consumer debt with credit cards that he had run up in my name and, and other things like that. You know, just, just different things that you run up while your spouse is away on the military travel. And um, I, I hustled hard. I worked several jobs, several side businesses, did a lot of picking. I can talk about what that is later to pay off that 120,000, that first 120,000. And then I went into a little bit of a pity party and I decided I wasn't going to worry about the rest of it because it was all upside down properties and it wasn't my fault. It's not my fault that I was 200,000 upside down in this property or 40,000 upside down in that property or 20,000 upside down in this property. Those things were not my fault and I wasn't going to deal with it. Even though the divorce decree said it was my my responsibility those were the emotional concessions that i made to um, not have to fight him for my son and they were as it was an emotional decision not to attack it for a couple of years so so then i realized you know sometimes we're not responsible for what happened to us but we are responsible to our future and for me that was the first mindset shift that i had to make is this isn't my fault but my future and my dream they are my making and this isn't this isn't my responsibility that this happened but it is my responsibility to do something about it and so not not to knock any network marketing businesses or anything like that but i was doing mary kay and avon and picking and i had my online boutique and i had my military day job and none of those things was going to make money fast enough but i discovered interestingly that helping people get out of debt and teaching people how to invest in real estate even though i didn't have the finances to go back into investing again that made a lot of money and so when we launched the first building wealth together conference eight years ago 
It was in Keller Williams, Kingstown, and we grabbed 40 women and we taught them financial principles, legal principles, marketing principles, and it was a phenomenal success. And it was pivotal to me being able to get out of this debt. And, and so I look forward, you know, a lot of times people ask me, well, why, why aren't you so upset? And why do you smile when you tell the story about how this all worked out with your ex-husband? I'm like, because if it wasn't for everything that happened to me, I would never have been motivated. There would have been no fire lit under me to be anything today other than what everybody else is, which is just over broke. J-O-B, working a job, a good government job, but steeped in debt and hating life and chained to a toxic job. And I'm in a position now where I am not chained to any toxic nothing. I am I am stable enough to be a stay-at-home mom and a full-time entrepreneur. I work when I want to. And I want that freedom for other women one of the talks that you're going to hear about in the conference is, is rather raw. And, and I haven't told the story too much. I, I, I told it the first time during the Power Her International Women's Day uh, broadcast that was uh, put out by Exposure Network TV. And I talk about how financial bondage leads to women being stuck in toxic jobs and toxic relationships and leads to women accepting abuse that they don't have to. But if I can help women become financially independent, if I can help women feel confident with their money and feel powerful and, 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 and in charge of their financial future, then they have the ability to take charge of their lives and they don't have to feel victimized anymore. But instead of being a victim, now we can be a victor. And instead of being feeling powerless, now we can take charge of our future. I love it. I love it. And your story, every time I hear it, is so inspirational because let's be honest, it's so many people that may not have been a million dollars in debt, but there are so many people that have struggled financially and want to wallow in that self-pity, right? But the fact that you had a, a little one depending on you and you have that determination and that strong mindset to do something about it. Because one thing about our issues is that it will not correct itself, right? you have to put forward that mindset on what can I do to get this train moving forward. So I'm super excited that this is year eight of such a conference. But I wanted to pose this question to you all. I had a conversation with an individual and this is right in line with that mindset that we, we've been um, speaking on briefly. I had a conversation with this individual and they posed to me because I am just like all of you, you know, if I say it, that's my way of manifesting it. You know, I am going to do such and such and such. And I had somebody say to me just recently, you know what? I think you should say, if it's the Lord's will, I'm going to do such and such and such. And I said to them, I said, you know, I respect that, but it's already his will because he said, I come and I come to um, bless you and to bless you more abundantly, right? So if the promise is already there. And he says that whatever, not, you know, every other thing, whatever I shall ask for, it shall be given unto me. So I had to have that conversation with this individual that, you know what, it's already in his will. It's up to me to step into that. So I wanted to ask you, Dr. Shakisha, what's your thought process on, you know, just how do you go about having that 
um, million dollar mindset. And especially when you have others around you that don't quite understand or see the vision that is already outlined for you. One that one of the things that I had to learn is that, you know, when God calls you to certain things, I had to realize quickly it wasn't a conference call. I had to stop looking for permission from others. I had to stop looking for their approval to do things and to walk into places that he called me to walk into. I had to learn to let go of it. And when I started to see that in my daughter, I started seeing, you know, my children looking for approval. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I've got to be mindful that what I'm expecting of them, I've got to st I've got to walk that out in front of them. If I'm wanting them to exercise their faith, I've got to exercise myself. I, I want them to be confident. I got to be confident. And if I'm telling them, look, this is what God is telling me to do. I didn't need anybody else's approval. When God tells you to do that, you know, I was, my husband and I were frightened when we, when we were like, okay, we're supposed to be working with couples in our minds. Look, this parent has been married, divorced two or three times. This parent has been married, divorced two or three times. You God calling us? No, no way. Okay. What is that going to look like? Are people going to receive me? And when God reminded me, look, I told you guys to do this. I didn't ask for their approval. I told you to do it. So it, I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of trembling and trusting in the process, but I had to be mindful because when you allow others to dictate the footsteps you're taking, you're sitting there, they're living their lives and they're doing well. And you're sitting there trembling in fear. And that's kind of when God laid on our heart to do a conference many years ago. It's called Game Changers Live. He said, you have to get off the sideline and get into the game. Stop watching everybody else live their life and step out in faith and do what I called you to do. So a lot of times there are things that I will do them and it's truly a faith walk, but trusting him in the process, you know, God knows the plan he has for us. We won a plaque. I don't know how many years ago it was. We went to a conference in Houston and we won a plaque and it had Jeremiah 29 and 11 on it. And to mm -hmm. that day, I still have that plaque downstairs by my front door because I'm like, Lord, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I remind myself, you gave me that plaque for a reason, for I know the plans I have for you. Okay, God, this is the plan you have for me, so I, I'm I'm not going to freak out about it. We're going to get together and pray, and there's some times where I'm going to be frightened, but taking little steps. I see. Have you ever seen that meme that says, um, God wants you to trust him even though you can't see the entire staircase? All he wants you to do is take a step. Sometimes mm -hmm. we're so frightened of taking that one step. Once you take that step, doors of opportunity will open. We took a step and launched a radio show for married couples. I knew nothing about radio. I was a pharmacist. My husband was an engineer. That plus pharmacist plus engineer didn't equal radio show, but we did it out of obedience. And that opened the door to a second radio show and to a, um, we started doing a, a live show. And now we have a TV show, but we had to step out on faith and do it and not worry about what other people were thinking. We, I literally was like, okay, just start reaching out to people. Are you willing? There are people that are going to be willing to help. There are people God has assigned to help you. You just got to open up your mouth and be willing to ask, you know, but if you don't do it, you're going to be sitting on the sidelines. I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines watching people do what God laid in my heart to do. That hurts. After you see that a couple of times, just let me get off the sidelines. This is not working for me. I'm still right here. And they're zipping on by. So like no more of that. 
I might be scared, but I'm going to do it trembling and trusting, but I'd rather walk in his favor and do it trembling and trusting than sitting on the sideline waiting for, hey, oh, some, someday. No, it's not going to happen. If you just sit there in the corner, exercise your faith. That's why I listen. I will, JJ will be doing things. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I love her story. It encourages me to step out and share my story. No one knows that we were over a million dollars in debt. Not many people know that years and years ago, we had to file bankruptcy right before Christmas Eve. Here I'm six figures as a pharmacist. He is six figures in entrepreneur. We had to shift our mindset. No, just because the bank approved you for that amount of house does not mean that's the amount of debt you need to commit to. Mm. Is that a wise decision? Because we didn't see down the line the job loss coming. We just saw right now the immediate gratification. So that was a mindset principle. Just because they approved you for it doesn't mean you got to step into it. Use wisdom. So those are just mindset principles we had to learn. We're getting that house for who? To impress the people down the street. You don't know them. They don't like you, but you buying stuff to impress them. No more of that. They're not there when you can't pay that bill. They're not there when you're having to hide your car in the garage for the, from the repo, man. It's time to let that mindset go. No more trying to keep up with the Joneses. Let me flow in what God has called the Hilux to do, and we're going to be good. So that's one of the it. principles I had to learn. I'm sorry. I love it. I love it. I love it. Omu, I can see you dancing in your seat. Come on and get some of this. <laughs> You on mute. I was actually I was actually going to say she shouldn't stop, she should go, and then I realized we didn't have all night. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you also, like, what's what's your thought process on shifting that mindset? Dr. Shakisha said a mouthful, but a couple things she she stated also was when God calls you, it's not for a conference call. And we have to be so careful when we are incorporating other people into God's plans for our life. Because what, what I found, and, and you all can jump in on this, but what I found is when they don't understand the calling that God has on your life, you tend to take on their spirit of timidness, their spirit of uncertainty, their, you know, and I found myself doing that with certain individuals because they are timid to, you know, manifest things or walk out on faith. And because they were kind of reserved and timid about it, I found myself being timid until I was like, you know what, that's not me. That's not Kiever, you know? So we have to be careful in who we incorporate into what God had already des designed for us. So what do you think about that? Okay, so first of all, I'll start with um, your the statement you made about um, the Bible verse and um, yes. someone saying you needed to... So I'm, I'm shocked that came from you because I thought it was a very Nigerian thing. I didn't think it was, <laughs> you know. Um, but... You know, there's a part of the Bible that even God said that he wish uh, above, He wishes above all that we may prosper. Mm -hmm. That's right. As our soul prospers. So God's intention is not for us not to prosper. God's intention for us is to prosper. What you do with your prosperity is actually where the sin is. 
I, I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation and touching lives if we, if I didn't own a piece, a system and have internet. And that costs money. So I, I wouldn't be able, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I would have been limited to my sitting room. So whichever way you look at it. However, if I'm, if I'm looking for money because I want to oppress JJ or I want to um, shut her up because I'm richer, that is a problem. And I always try to disabuse people's mind between financial wealth and wealth. And I know that's the same thing JJ is talking about. So yes, you don't want to be in debt. Yes, you want to have physical cash. But wealth is all-encompassing, spirit, soul, and body. And also, you know, like, same thing most of them had, have said. I always say you need to... Um, JJ is very conversant with that because I always um, say that a lot. You need to build, you need to have a, I call it bouncer. I like to call it a bouncer. But you need to guard the people that you let into your lives. Because a lot of times I say it to even with Christians and I say it everywhere that, you know, sometimes there's some people that God takes out of our lives and we bring them back with both our hands and we're looking for who to blame. If someone is an anchor in your life, you don't need that person. I don't need that person who I'm going to tell that I'm neck deep in debt and I'm going to pay my $1 million debt before the end of the year. And the person says to me, how on earth do you think you can do that? I want that person who is going to say to me, go on, of course you can do it. And cheer me on and, you know, like give me um, encouragement not one who is going to tell me how on earth do you think you can do it or that's impossible. And for some reason, I don't know, I'm yet to discover, but before the, the event I'll discover, we tend to attract those people. Now I know how we attract those people. So a lot of these people are people that have come into our lives before we became conscious of these things and the effects they have in our lives. So you have that old friend that you grew up with and she's your friend and you guys have grown up and she's told you all these things for so long. You actually just think it's a normal conversation between both of you until you become self-aware and you begin to realize that these words, these are negative words that actually feed and cultivate negativity in my head. And those are the people that you found around you. A lot of times, the people we meet after we've become self-aware are usually not the problem because at that point, we're able to see and perceive negativity even from a distance. Mm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You are exactly right. And, you know, we are told about just having that spirit of discernment, you know, and I think sometimes life is the best teacher for us to start to recognize what that actually looked like. And, and that way we, we can, you know, tighten up that circle when we feel like the need presents itself. I love that. All right, Kevin, I'm going to give you the floor so you can get some of this as well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, 
where do you start? <laughs> I think for me, the truth is it, it all really starts with, as, as we've said already, it begins with our thoughts. But I also find that what the first thing that my thoughts are going to impact that is, to me, of paramount importance is who I am or what more accurately, who I think I am. And that has been a, a central and pivotal journey for me, beginning to recognize who it is that I think I am. And, and then the question came to me, as uh, I forget who it was mentioned earlier, that when we get married, you know, we have a plan and we think we know what we're doing. And then suddenly, you know, we're married and we realize, oh, <laughs> it's not what I thought it was. <laughs> or she's not who I thought it was. He's not who I thought they were. Uh, so now we're scrambling to try to put the pieces together and go, oh, what's going on here? And I'm in no way going to say anything uh, about my wife and that. It's just, it was for us, who we who we were just wasn't, we weren't connecting and, and there were things that just weren't fitting. But in the struggle, the probably the biggest and most important shift that happened in me was when I finally got to the point of saying, God, who do I need to be to love this woman? Because I can't change her. I, I mean, I kind of knew that in the beginning, but I tried. <laughs> I had to prove that it was true <laughs> by trying for too long, I'm sure. But eventually I'm saying, okay, okay, look. So if I can't change her and I can't, I'm not leaving her. So who do I need to be? to make her feel loved and to care for her and, and then to look after the kids that we have. And that question has, has kind of worked with me. I've worked with it in, a, in so many different areas where I'm looking at different job opportunities, career options. When I look at uh, even joining a local service group or a ministry, the question is two things. One is who am I? And, and the beginning of knowing who I am is, learning to recognize who I think I am, because that's not actually the same thing. It's getting closer now. <laughs> my thoughts, my self-image is much closer to, I think, the reality of who God created me to be, but that's a process. But the other thing is, am I willing to be the person that I need to be in order to accomplish this goal? And in some cases, the answer is no. And Certainly in the past, it was no pretty much all the time because I am me and I'm a good man and I like me and I'm not changing. <laughs> that's not my, that's I'm not supposed to change because I'm, I am who I am. And then I began to realize mainly through my marriage <laughs> that I'm, yeah, I am who I am, but it's not all good. And there's some things that could be adjusted. And so then I look at different ministries and career business, building businesses and things like that and say, well, what is it going to take? What kind of man do I have to be to build that business and to be successful in that business? And several of the ones that, well, most, pretty much all the ones from the past, uh, except maybe one, the changes I would have to make, I wasn't willing to make. In the end, I said, no, I'm not going to become that kind of person because it's not natural to me. It's, not, it's in no way connected to who I am. I wanted to build business. I, I worked in financial services and a couple of other businesses. I started with Amway was one business I tried. And, um, after a while, 
asking myself a lot of questions and time looking carefully at these things, one of the things I recognized was that I was trying to get to a place where I could work with people, where I can, I can train, motivate, teach, encourage. Essentially, I wanted to be a coach. I just didn't know that's what it was called. <laughs> and so I was trying to do it through these businesses that would allow me to get to a point where I had a team of people that I could work with and I would have their attention and they wanted to change and so on and so forth. But every time it was in this other business, financial services or household products or whatever, and that was the obstacle. And I wasn't willing to become the person I needed to be to succeed there. And it took me many years to figure out, oh, I don't have to run one of these other businesses in order to be a coach and a speaker. <laughs> I could just go straight to it <laughs> and get to know people and work with people. So that was a great thing. But it was that question that still sits with me. And I present to so many people now and pretty much anybody who will listen to me. Are you, are you willing to become who you need to be in order to go down that road and succeed in that road? And sometimes the answer should be no. Other times you need to look carefully at what, what does it require of you? So who I am and my idea of who I am is central to everything. And uh, Omu was even talking about this now in terms of, you know, our ideas about wealth. I've always believed that I'm someone who wouldn't be wealthy. I've always believed that I'm someone who doesn't live in success. And so I never got there. Uh, those, that belief, you will never outgrow or outperform your own self-image. So that to me is the starting point of it all. Yeah. And our thoughts are what control our perception of ourself. And so we begin with our thoughts and ourselves and, and grow out from there. That has been one of the central um, journeys and learning processes for me in looking at everything, including all kinds of wealth. And the one other thing I'll say quickly that as, a, as I've learned is that I don't have a business life and a family life, and a spiritual life and a social life. I have a life. And it incorporates all of these things. Just as Omu was also saying, you know, wealth, it's just it's not just financial. It's all of wealth. It's not these things are not separate and they're not isolated. And the more. I recognize this and begin to integrate my life as one life, which it truly is. The more I show up consistently in all these different areas with all these different people in all the different things that I do. So now today, as I sit talking, this is just me where I am today. And this is the way I talk to my kids, except that I'm not staring at it with lights on. And <laughs> but. I honestly, I speak to them the same way. We get into the conversation and we talk about the reality of it. And so it's, it's one life, it's one person and who that person is and how I view it has become absolutely central to me moving forward in any and every endeavor. I love it. And you just hit a couple of nails on the head. One thing that you mentioned, which was going to be one of my next questions is when we think about the term of wealth, we only think about the financial aspect of it, right? We don't think about the whole encompass, the whole person, you know, and everything that we are involved in 
it plays into that wealth mindset. So it's more than just the money. It's your quality of life. It's your quality of health. You know, it's your quality of your family life. You know, it's your entire being encompasses of you being wealthy outside of just the mindset. I love that. Um, Another point that came out also, which is what I wanted to touch on and I want you all to think about um, is Kevin made a statement in when you're changing that mindset, you want to make sure that you are not losing the authenticity of who you are as an individual. So I wanted to go around the room and ask you all to just drop a couple of quick quick nuggets, practical advice and how somebody could could do that. They can start to shift that mindset of becoming that wealthy individual outside of just the finances, but just that wealthy person as a whole being. How can that do how can they do that without losing who they are authentically? Or should they lose part of their their authentic self in order to incorporate that mindset. So tell me what you think about that. I'm going to start with JJ. I want to talk about that for just a second, because one of the reasons I really wanted Kevin, and we also have one other man, Dr. Jonas Gadsden, participating in our women's conference. One of the reasons I really wanted uh, him to come in and speak to women about fatherhood and about the things that we as women need to know about supporting the fathers of our children uh, is that I myself had to look at what was I attracting into my life. So after the divorce, I get my life together. I'm starting to get out of debt. I'm starting to live again. I'm starting to understand who I am. And now I'm starting to attract men into my life, which is very flattering because I remember when the divorce happened, I was like, Oh, I'm in my thirties. I'm never going to find another man. And, um, and, and all these people were coming into my life. And I realized that the kind of person I was attracting into my life was not the kind of man that I really wanted in my life. And I had to do some serious soul searching because at the time I was a Lieutenant Colonel in the Air Force. And at the time I'm since retired, but at the time I was a Lieutenant Colonel Air Force. I was the deputy chief scientist for a major command of over 31,000 people. And that kind of personality does not attract the strong leader man that I have over in the next room. And so I, I, I had to take a look at what I wanted and I had to ask the question that Kevin asked, what do I need to be to be, to get the, to get the kind of person that is made happy by me? So, so how, what kind of woman did I need to be? And, and I realized, well, there are some things about me that aren't going to change. And uh, there's some areas of my personality that are rather strong that, and I can, I used to consider it a curse, but I now consider it a gifting. Yet at the same time, if I wanted a certain kind of person, I was going to have to learn how to speak his language and his language was not to be barked at, was not to be, um, you know, to, 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 to approach him the way I would approach the guys at work when I had my uniform on and I was Colonel Conway. All right. And so, so it's not, it's not that I had to change who I was, but I had to adapt my presentation to get the result that I wanted. And so when I look at the whole picture, you know, you, you marry someone that siphons away your money, that's going to hinder your ability to build wealth. And even if you build wealth, are you building wealth in a silo that you don't share with your spouse? Well, that's not an abundant life. 
And one of my primary things, I don't have my banner behind me, but one of my primary things is authentic abundance. It's my flagship course. I am hoping that everyone who attends one of my conferences or, or buys into one of my courses or invests in themselves with one of my programs is going to walk away with a more abundant life. It's hard to have an abundant life when our health is tearing us down. It's hard to have an abundant life when the relationships in our life are toxic and, and they want us to play small. It's hard to have an abundant life when we feel lost spiritually or we don't feel like we're connected to something greater than ourselves. All of those things come together. And I can't wait to hear what the rest of the guests have to say. But 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 there are times when I've had to look at what do I want? Who has that? And then I have to decide if I'm going to if I want that, I have to do what the best do. And if I'm not willing to do that, then it's time to change the goals. But every time it's been a goal that the Lord has laid on my heart, it's like, no, this is what you have to do. This is what all of these people who've achieved what you want do. You need to incorporate that in your life so that you can become the person who is worthy and receiving of the things that you say that you want and the things that you say God has laid upon your heart. Mm, I love that. I love it. Dr. Shakisha. I was kind of listening to everyone and just started thinking that, I am, you're going to have to adapt in a certain aspect. If, if I want something different from my family, I want something different from my health. I want something different from my finances. I want something different in my spiritual life. If I knew where I was, was not where I wanted to be in order to get there, there are some changes that had to take place. And it had, of course, I definitely want to authentically be me. Who I am around the house is who you're going to see me as wherever I go, but I just had to be mindful of some of the mindset principles. If I say I wanted a certain amount of financial wealth, I you put yourself in a posture and an atmosphere where the people that have gotten to the level you want to get to are, but that required a mindset shift. You know, I, that meant, you know, sometimes postponing this immediate gratification. If I wanted to get to a different level spiritually, I had to be in a different um, atmosphere and be open, receptive to change. It's not necessarily that I'm changing who I am or being less authentic, but I, my desire is to grow and go to another level. That's going to require me to stretch and it's going to require me to sometimes be uncomfortable, but that's what's going to allow me to grow in those areas, if that makes sense, but not trying to remove your authenticity, but even learning in my, in my job. Um, I, my husband would always tell me when you come home, you got to learn to take off that pharmacy manager hat. How you communicate with me is not going to be the same way you communicate with your technicians. Please don't come to me with a to-do list. I'm going to leave it right in front of you and I'm walking out the door. But, and, and I had to learn, I was still authentically his wife still loving him, but I had to learn to communicate with him in the different aspect. He's like, no, you recognize you know, who you're connected to and how you interact with them. I'm, it's that you're not being authentic about it, but you're learning if I want to grow, if I want our relationship to go to a next level, there's some things that are going to require a degree of, I want to say next level thinking, maturity, you know, adaptation in order to get there. So mm -hmm. hopefully that, that makes sense. Not being less authentic, but just learning how to, how to, how to adapt that mindset to get to where I needed to go. Exactly, exactly. And that's exactly what we have to do. But before I chime in, I'm going to work my way around the room. Omu? Yeah, so um, it, I, I honestly do like the idea of being your authentic self. But I also find that 
a lot of us, except we go on an intentional journey, don't even know what our authentic selves are. A lot of us just wake up and go through the routine. And I discovered this even more when I started training on values. And you're in a room full of people and you say to them, what are your values? And you see people going, mm, mm. So, I mean, that's not to say they don't have values, but that's just obvious they've never sat down to articulate what exactly it is. And then when they do articulate what these values are, you find out that a lot of them are aspirational values, not values they're currently living. And if you don't know what your values are, then you really even can't be authentic because you need to know what your values are. And when you identify what your values are, you will soon realize that there are people that don't align with your values. And that's why, that's, I've, that's actually the basis of a lot of toxic relationships. And when you start to leave those values, you find that people that don't align with your values start to drop off. So I, I had to give you a round of applause for that because, oh. <laughs> yeah, my audience loved your comment <laughs> because I think you just hit the nail right on the head. We have to understand our true values in order to really be able to put who we are into perspective. And that's going to determine who we, you know, attract or disattract. I love that. I love that. You got to stand in ovation tonight. <laughs> and Kevin. Yeah, thanks. I, I think the only thing I would add, I was going to say a bit of what Omu said in terms of recognizing the difference between who you think you are and, and, and learning to find your authentic self. And for me, the big part of that process was learning to ask questions. And sometimes that was working with other people, but it was really spending, I took quite a bit of time to, to really walk through hey, what's really important to me. What is it that I'm, that I really love to do? What are, what seem to be my natural giftings, all these different areas that would give me clues as to who I am in terms of, who I was created to be. And so um, it was walking through that. And over time I gained, I would do that more than once and I would gain deeper insight and, and more clear idea about that for sure. And uh, I mean, what JJ said first about the difference between presentation and, um, and your actual self and, and Dr. Sakisha was talking about that as well and, and brilliantly put. <laughs> I mean, you, you had me splitting a gut because I went, I went through such a similar experience with my wife. I would come home from work when I was, I had a contracting job doing renovations and I'd come home at the end of the day at the back door, there's this bag of garbage sitting on the steps greeting me. And then I walk into the house and there's like, oh, you got to help me get the kids because this is going on. I'm making dinner. And I was like, hang on, I've got to go back to work. Like, uh, this is seriously, man. What? And so we talked about it. And well, we talked with a therapist about it, but <laughs> and helped us to see, okay, what's what's going on here, and and what's the what's the compromise in how we how we present. 
um, and you know, I had my hangups on, you know, on the on the categories. Man does the garbage, and man's disciplinarian, and I didn't want those labels and things like that. And and so we would talk about that and go, oh, okay, well, how can we get this done anyway? And for my part, a lot of it was getting over my own crap. I'm sorry, maybe I was <laughs> careful watching my language here, but getting over my own stuff and saying like, why is this a label? I'm a man, I know through through time recognizing I'm a man who wants to love his wife as best he can. Um, I'm, I've been asking the question, how do I be the man that I need to be to love her? Well, she doesn't want to take the garbage out, well, neither do I. <laughs> but I am I willing to be the one that does it for her sake so that she doesn't have to? That's an important question. Uh, am I willing to be that man and to do it? And answering that question helped strip away the issue. It wasn't even a question. Is it a role? Is it a, is it a precast idea? It's like, it doesn't matter. I want to do it so that she doesn't have to do it because she doesn't like doing it. So why don't I do it? Now, I mean, the same thing can go both ways. It doesn't have to be, you know, obviously the man doesn't make all the changes and sacrifices, but it was, it, that was my part of my process of recognizing who I am. What is the most important thing to me? Is it more important to break down these stereotypes or is it more important to me to love my wife? What's the real me? What's the most important thing to me? So that was sort of a brief look into some of that questioning and challenging process of, of recognizing the real authentic me and putting that first instead of these other ideas. I love it. I love it. And what I'm hearing is compromise. I'm hearing about compromise. What is it going to take in order for me to live a happy life in my home, but also make sure that this woman that I'm with is happy as well? I love it. JJ, you have done an amazing job with this panel. This conference is going to be so exciting and i hope you all are def definitely just learning and grasping a lot from these vip speakers tonight i'm going to ask one final question and then we're going to let them know how can they get involved in this conference and where can they speakers so my last question that i wanted to um ask is myths. There are quite a few myths around the building wealth mindset. So I want each one of you to give me a myth that we can dispel to help our audience and individuals start to um, transition into that building, that million dollar mindset. So Omu, if you had to give me one myth to dispel about wealth, what would that be? A lot of people believe that the more you, um, there's a saying in Nigeria that you don't you don't get richer by giving out all the stuff you have, and um, and that's a myth because when you give, you actually receive abundantly. Aside from the Bible saying that there's a gift that comes with um, with giving, it opens doors. I love that. I love that. Thank you for that. Kevin, if you had to give me one myth in regards to wealth, what would that myth be? Uh, in terms of a, a wealth and uh, mindset, I think it's it's perhaps one of the one of the important ones to me is this idea that 
it takes 30 days to build a new habit. And so much of what we're talking about is, is about thought habits. Um, <laughs> there's a double, there's a double correction here. First of all, that's a, that's a misunderstanding. It's not 30 days. It was more like 66 days. It was the real, um, <laughs> It's the real factor in terms of building habits for most people. But I'm going to say that's not even true. And no, it's not longer. It's actually shorter. The truth is we can build new habits in seconds. And I'm saying that not to discourage anyone, but in traumatic situations, for example, our, our mind has changed like that. We, we just suddenly, our whole mindset has changed and we have new habits that come with it or it, there's strong emotion and clear uh, meaning associated with things, we can change habits very quickly. Now, most of the time, I'm not suggesting that we should use trauma to change our lives. But my point is simply this. We can learn to change faster. It doesn't have to take 30 days or 66 days or a year, whatever. There are ways of helping and learning to, to create an environment of change within yourself and in your life that accelerate the change process and a big part of it is just recognizing the thoughts that are going on but then of course believing that actually you can change fairly quickly um so that's that's one of the things that i found most helpful and encouraging in this journey i love that thank you for sharing that and that is definitely a good thought to keep in the back of our minds you know because there is that saying that you know it can take anywhere to two to four four weeks to you know change a habit but i like that what you just said it can literally be seconds i think if we have that sh that determination to make that change then there should be nothing that is going to stand in our way for doing that so we just need to get into that mindset and just do it i love that thank you thank you for sharing that kevin dr shakisha um uh I was literally thinking about it. One of the myths that I heard so much is like, the more you make, the wealthier you are. But it's a matter of what you do with what you have. Because you can make a million dollars, but if you got $2 million in debt, <laughs> what have you actually accomplished versus that person that might have make 100000 200000 but they're wise with it, they're invested. And I'm just speaking focused strictly on the financial aspect but it's more so what you do with what you have that's going to determine that level of wealth versus you know just trying to make more because i see so many people that you know and i was one of them that worked you know let me work overtime let me get some more money for this but but if i'm just spending it haphazardly i'm not investing it properly if i'm not and take using it, you know, for not, I'm thinking more so of immediate gratification rather than long-term investment, I've defeated the purpose. So it's just making sure that you're wise with what you have and consider the learn time, long-term ramifications versus just that immediate gratification. Okay. Uh, you know, making more money, but if I'm not wise with it, it's going to be more money, more problems, <laughs> unless, unless I'm wise with what, what I have. Exactly. I love that. Thank you so much. That's very important. <laughs> and last but not least, Ms. JJ. 
Well, I, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a two sides of one coin because I find that as a financial planner, a lot of people who come to me come with these myths of, well, the past determines, and I had all these mistakes in the past, or I didn't have a good education in the past, or I didn't have a good family in the past, or I've got three divorces in the past, or blah 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 in the past, and we forget that the past doesn't determine our future. We do. And so I think one of the biggest myths is it doesn't matter where you came from. It matters where you're going. And, and, and well, that's not the myth. The myth is that the path determines the past determines your future. And it really doesn't. Yet at the same time, yet at the same time, I want to speak to what, to something that Dr. Sakisha said, and I find it equally paralyzes people from moving forward, which is thinking that it's in the future, in the future, I'll walk in abundance in the future. I'll be generous in the future. I'll be able to manage my money. Well, it's with what it's what you have today. And this conference is going to show you how to work with what you've got today and how to open up abundance in your marriage, open up abundance in other relationships, open up abundance in your health, open up abundance in your mindset, build that million dollar mindset, build your million dollar network and break free of all of these myths that have been holding you back for far too long. I love it. So let's talk about how, well, first of all, let's talk about when the conference is. So let's drop the dates when they can expect that, um, JJ, and then we're going to tell them how they can register. Absolutely. This conference is going to be right aligned with Mother's Day. It's the best Mother's Day gift you can give your mama, your auntie, your sister, your friend. And that is going to be May 4th through the 6th, 2022. And that is uh, first week of May. It's going to be a virtual summit online. And there is going to be a combination of broadcast broadcast sessions as well as live stream sessions like this panel but live stream sessions so we're going to have a mixed variety of sessions we are also going to have some very special vip bonus sessions that will not be aired to the public and one of those is dr fraser's talk about minority wealth it's a very powerful talk and we are giving that to those who upgrade to vip but you want to be in this conference if you're ready to make a change in your life you want to be with us at the women's wealth summit.com you want to be with us may 4th through the 6th and this isn't one of these you buy it and one of these days you might get around to it no this is power packed impact your life change your life today do something today that your future self will be thankful for this is this is going to be powerful and i want everybody on the sound of my voice to go to womenswealthsummit.com and get your complimentary ticket exactly and you just heard what she said this is going to be a conference that's literally going to change the women lives that you bless them with and what better gift just like jj said what better gift than a mother's day gift right that they don't have to you know spend anything for they can literally be in the company in the room of so many thought leaders global thought leaders just like those that we have on our platform today we have guests from literally all over the world so imagine a whole conference of this where you are learning and growing from different perspectives different experiences different you know resources under one conference so definitely do yourselves a favor do all of the women in your lives a favor and get your complimentary ticket at womenswealthsummit.com i promise you 
it will be so worth it. And you will thank me later. You're going to literally send me an email and say, you know what, girl, you were, you were right. This was exactly what I needed in my life so that I can start to move forward. So definitely grab your ticket right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been an honor. And I know this hour has just flown by. I hope you have enjoyed being here. Your presence has literally gotten me fired up and excited. And I too am one of the speakers, but I'm looking forward to this conference as well. So we want to leave our audience with how can they get in contact with you? So we're going to drop your information. And as I'm dropping it, definitely um, allow this opportunity for any final words, any final quick thoughts that you have that you want to leave our uh, viewers with along with your best contact information. We're, we're going to allow you this opportunity to do so right now. So we're going to start with Kevin, who is to my uh, left. So, Kevin, we're going to go ahead and allow you this opportunity for any final thoughts, and we're going to drop your information as well. The floor is yours. Well, thank you so much, Kiever. It's uh, fantastic that you've offered this to us and really appreciate it and couldn't thank you enough. Um, my, I suppose the, the one thing that I most want people to understand is you have what it takes. I know it doesn't always feel that way. So I've so much of my life, I felt like I don't have what it takes in so many ways. Truth is we do. We're capable of much more than we realize. And if we will stick with it, if we will search for the right help, and if we will persist, we'll find that you have what it takes. You can get it done. It is possible. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks again, Kiefer, for inviting me and uh, appreciate this. I love it. Thank you so much. And it has been an honor to have you and you're welcome back anytime. Omu, the floor is now yours. Okay. So um, one final thought is um, knowledge is not power. They've got us into thinking that knowledge is power. If knowledge was power, all of us would be skinny, rich, and happy. The application of knowledge is what is power. And that is what this conference is offering you. So you all have probably heard some of the things we've said before. You've read several books, you've listened to several coaches, but you need to come onto this conference and know how to apply that knowledge. So get on the conference now. Thank you. I love it. I love it. That was spot on. The application of knowledge is power. I love that. And Dr. Shakisha? Um, my, my closing word would just be to remind everybody, it's not necessarily where you start from, it's how you finish. You don't have to focus on, I won't say don't focus on it, but we all go through challenges in life. But you know, where you are, if you're ready to grow financially, you know, if you're ready to grow spiritually in your relationships, you want to be wealthy in those different areas. If where you're going through or where you are right now is not where you want to be, there is time to make the switch, make the necessary changes, shift your mindset to get to where you want to be. So don't despise those small beginnings. I love that. I love that. What a powerful reminder that it's not where you start, but it's how you finish. I love that. Last but not least, uh, Miss JJ. You know, a lot of us have been playing around for a long time and we've been saying one day I'm a this and one day I'm a that. Well, today is your day. 
Maybe you're struggling with money. Maybe you don't know how it's going to work. Maybe you've been struggling with relationships that siphon away your finances. Maybe you've been struggling with your health and you feel like I, I would like to do more with money. I'd like to send my kids to college. I'd like to have a better life for myself, but I'm just sick all the time and I'm just in turmoil all the time. Maybe it's something else today or maybe you're doing all right. Maybe you're successful. You're successful, but you know you could do a little better. This is your conference and this is your moment. Grab onto it with everything in you and don't let go. The, the worst is behind you and the best is before you. I'm JJ Conway and I want to thank you, Coach Kiever, for allowing us to come onto your platform. I want to also thank you for what was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful preview talk that you sent me. I am so excited for you to participate in this conference. And I'm so excited for those of you who joined us today. You all are phenomenal people. And, you know, they always they say that you should never be the smartest person, the best person or the, the best, the strongest person in the room. And I feel like with all of you surrounding me that we are all amazing people together. And I couldn't have asked, and I'm just, I, I know this wasn't rehearsed, but I, I just want to say I couldn't have asked for a better panel of speakers. You all have encouraged me and inspired me, and you have you have shown me why I'm called to put together these conferences, because together we are changing lives. And if you want to be part of a group that's changing lives, if you want to be a part of a group that's walking in abundance, then you need to get yourself to Women's Wealth Summit and join this conference. Thanks again. And you've already heard the call to action. Log on right now at www.womenswealthsummit.com to grab your complimentary ticket today. Thank you all again for joining us at Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. I greatly appreciate all of you being here. And I know that this summit is going to change lives, as we've already said, and get people moving in the right direction of changing that million dollar mindset. So thank you again. Be sure to join us next week. We're going to have another special edition show with more VIP speakers from the Women's um, Building Wealth Women's Seminar. So you will definitely be seeing them next month. Eastern Standard Time, as well as the following Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So come back and join us, definitely. And then come right back on Thursday night for our regular edition show. You will be hearing from me this Thursday night. And that's not something that I do very often is just hold the stage alone. But this Thursday, I will be doing just that. So definitely come back Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to do it all over again. Connect with me on my link tree. You can definitely uh, get to everything that I have going on by following me on Linktree, or you can follow me on all social media at Kiva Lernice Murdoch. So until Thursday night, friends and family, let's continue to share, connect, and glow because building our network also builds your net worth. So thank you for joining us tonight. Come back Thursday. I expect to see you. Peace and blessings, family. Good night. Thank you for watching Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. Tune in every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Kiever's Place. To be a guest on our show, text the word guest to 803-368-3030 or visit us at tinyurl.com slash Kiever's Place 
Facebook and watch us on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire as we're broadcasting in more than 60 million homes worldwide.